0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: So you know what you want to do this year at work? You've set out your goals, you've got your 90-day plan. But even though it's only the beginning of the year, you feel, well, tired. So how do we pluck up our motivation and kick back into gear to get our work done? And not just do it, but enjoy it. Hello, I'm Lisa Leong and today on This Working Life, science-based motivation hacks that actually work. Kicking us off is Ayelet Fishback.
2: I am a professor of behavioural science and marketing at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business and I'm the author of Get It Done, Surprising Lessons from the Science of Motivation. I've been a motivation scientist for uh, many years. I've been the president of the Society for the Science of Motivation.
1: Um, What else? I (laughs) study motivation. Yeah. So she knows what she's talking about. And it turns out many of us have the wrong end of the stick when it comes to motivation.
2: We have our theories uh, and everybody has their theories about motivation. And, you know, uh, when people have theories, some of these theories are supported with data and, and other theories uh, are not. And, and, and many of the theories that we just developed, you know, we,
1: we heard in, in movies or over the, the media, it's just not the case. So let's bust some myths. What are we getting wrong about motivation? Ayelet gives us her top two.
2: There are actually many misconceptions about incentives, but I will mention one, uh, which is that uh, you need to reward people consistently. Actually, uncertain incentives increase motivation. uh, Not knowing how much you will get or whether you will get it makes you work harder, uh, makes you curious to see what will happen, so you're highly motivated to uh, explore. And uh, let me mention just one more misconception, which is about role models, uh, believing that the best performer is the best role model. The best role model. Uh, model is actually the person that wants you to be successful, not necessarily the person who is uh, successful by themselves. It certainly doesn't hurt that they are successful, but uh, just watching someone excels, Uh, doesn't motivate you is watching this person who wants you to be successful
1: what we really need at the heart of getting anything done is intrinsic motivation
2: yes intrinsic motivation is uh, a confusing concept because we use it to mean different things intrinsic motivation is doing something because it feels right because it feels good it's the uh, the motivation to do uh, as opposed to the motivation to achieve something out of uh, doing that uh, intrinsically motivated employee the one who by the end of the day wishes they had just a few more minutes to finish the thing that they are working on, as opposed to the the employee that just cannot wait for the workday to be over so they can go and do something else. Uh, if you are engaged, if you like what you're doing, you are intrinsically uh, motivated one way to increase intrinsic motivation is to add immediate rewards. Okay, to make it more pleasant, to uh, watch uh, television uh, while you uh, work out, or to listen to music while you you do your work, and that makes it pleasant to to do the work or, or the workout, which means that you will be more intrinsically uh, motivated. As I mentioned before, if you are more intrinsically motivated,
1: likely you will. Persist in the activity for longer. Hang on, are you saying that we should have fun at work? I say that if we don't have fun at work, we are not going to work. And so that seems to go against the grain of, you know, we've got to work hard and this concept of work as a burden. So can we go uh, a little bit further on why or how we might build this sense of intrinsic motivation into our work and our workplaces, please?
2: Yes, and and this is a mistake to... um To think that what motivates us uh, to work harder is uh, uh, doing something that is uh, important in the long run. As as humans, we really care about immediate rewards. We really care about doing something that feels right at the moment. Often it's about feeling good. It's it's fun. Sometimes it's not really fun. It's more that it feels right, that it feels purposeful, but it feels at the moment, good. Okay. It feels right as you are uh, doing that. Uh, you can select tasks that you are more engaged in. Uh, you can focus on what is more engaging in the tasks that you are already doing, which aspects you are more attracted to, uh, and and a third strategy is to add something to the task. Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, music or, you know, some people like walking in a cafe. As, as some people uh, like to work with other people. The okay, main reason that people go to work, by the way, is to spend time with other like-minded friends. And that is something that increases their intrinsic motivation to work.
1: And so how, if I was a manager, how might I go about motivating my team is your team in the office or at home? Uh, let's say it's a hybrid workplace. So uh, sometimes we're in the office together, but sometimes we're actually working from home. So
2: this is good, okay? Because you have a uh, some time together, which allows for a uh, better uh, coordination, which allows people to understand who does uh, what and how they can coordinate uh, their tasks and their deadlines. Uh, one problem with the team working together that I'm sure you are familiar with is social loafing and, and free riding. And, you know, when uh, there are uh, several people working on the task, often people are not quite doing their best. Okay, In work meetings, we don't quite think as hardly as when we need to solve a problem by ourselves. And the solution for that. Is to uh, uh, really uh, have a system that identifies everybody's contribution. Okay, you, you should know uh, how much Lisa uh, did and know how much Ayala did and be able to to identify the contributions so that we don't lose track on how much we contribute to this uh, group effort. Uh, the other problem is coordination. We don't want too many cooks in the kitchen because uh, they will not be able to make a good meal and understanding who works on which part of the task at what time is, is often the challenge for management. Uh, we need to make sure that people are not working in a parallel on the same things in a way that is inefficient.
1: Now, let's dive a little bit deeper into what managers and leaders can do to improve motivation in their teams. Let's hear from Dr. Natalie
0: Flatt. I am a psychologist and the director of Connect Psych Services, and we offer employee assistance to Asia-Pacific organizations to be able to support teams and leaders with the most proactive solutions to be able to create a collaborative and authentic uh, workplace environment. Mindset is really important here. It's, it's really taking stock about how you're speaking to yourself. A lot of that time, that motivation, or if we can start hearing the word, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that, that can really reflect or given us a, that more negative emotional response there where we can start to feel very demotivated, disempowered, and also just, I suppose, become a little bit more apathetic. Whereas when we talk to, to leaders and teams to say, well, even if you take that word, I should, to I choose to that can completely change your whole emotional and behavior output there and you can actually start to become to say look I can start this you know I can feel more motivated and then I can acknowledge that I've started that and I can feel good about that and again that does provide that intrinsic motivation to then keep going there so mindset's a really powerful piece in that and
1: another key thing for us to do
0: is reflect looking back at at 20 and 2021 um what might you need to change this year you know what will make a big difference you know it has that where have your energies been wasted how can we alter some of our behaviors and we don't need to to start big here it's those small little changes that can make a huge effort so what do we really want to achieve you know in 2022 and it can be minuscule and 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 starting there to create to have that like small bits of that habit formation there
1: And if I'm starting off as a leader in a workplace and I want to motivate my team, you heard from Ayelet on her suggestions. What are you um, seeing in your work with leaders
0: and managers and how they're keeping their teams motivated right now? It's definitely an interesting space on, on how we do keep ourselves more motivated um, during this time and, and especially with the leaders. And, and having that introduction back to the hybrid workplace has certainly helped a lot of leaders in this space because it is about bringing that people-to-people energy back into the workplace and, and even having those important meetings on the strategizing of, of being able to complete or start a project and having, I suppose, face-to-face interactions on who's doing what. So, that's certainly been of major help. But one thing that we've also done is being able to create not only to try and create those connections back with your team members but also trying to even be creative bringing back that fun is is very important people are still having those signs of burnout or those symptoms of burnout so what can you do to maybe even take it outside the office maybe be a bit more kinesthetic incorporate nature back in there do some walking meetings um sitting in a park, sitting in other open areas, um, that can give a people of, uh, a feeling of, of space that in- incorporates uh, fractals within our thinking and, and fractals that beautiful mathematical equation for so that never-ending pattern. That can really start to encourage a lot of alpha waves in the brain, which not only start to increase relaxation, but also start to bring down that adrenal response, um, which can prevent the areas of that prefrontal cortex from really firing to create the better decisions and that rationality there. So, there's certainly some some fabulous things leaders can do um, by by just. Thinking outside of the box when it comes to bringing their um, their team members back in and, and doing something a little bit different in in 2022. But that also is a piece of vulnerability. You know that that is a very important area um, of leaders showing that empathy towards their team members. Everyone is at a different space right now from an emotional concept, and we do need to acknowledge where people have come from and where they still may be at. And Natalie, do you have an
1: example you can give us about how you helped a team do this?
0: Yeah, we've been working with a fabulous team and what we brought on in is that is they had a lot of daily stand-ups. They've got quite a number of projects going at once and they just really just saw a huge slump within that motivation and that energy and they could really even feel it through those Zoom chats. So, what we did is we said, oh, let's pause here. You know that you can see there's a lot of different energy being brought into into these chats and as a consequence, not much was getting done. And so, what we said is it's really important to incorporate that emotional labeling or that affect labeling even at the start of each of these meetings. So, these teams actually said, okay, just use one adjective to describe how you are feeling right here, right now, before we start the meeting. Now, it didn't have to go into any other explanation. So, each of the team members would be able to state one adjective that might have been some people feeling really energetic positive optimistic others feeling completely exhausted disillusioned you know we were getting these really great describing words about this emotion now the beauty about just doing that just once Lisa is that it's naming the emotion that you're currently feeling as that employee and that has got some amazing neurological effects there because that alone actually starts to, to decrease that adrenal response. And yet again, have that then ability to open up that prefrontal cortex to bring in that rationality to that person. But it's also been able to create a space to say, you know what, I actually am feeling really frustrated. Now, the response to that from the other team members and also from the lead up, is that actually creates a level of empathy because all of a sudden Johnny within that team has said he's really frustrated. Now, It allowed each of the team members and and the leaders to actually say, okay, well, what's going on with Johnny right now? Well, Johnny's also been homeschooling. He's got four kids at home and it's been a really difficult time for Johnny. So maybe no wonder why he's frustrated. So if it's noted that Johnny's not contributing too much, you know, within this meeting or his answers are are shorter than, than he normally would give, we've now got an understanding of why. So it brings in this empathy. And once you actually can also show the empathy and people feel validated, it also then normalises that response. And because of that, that alone, actually, it brings in this, um, I suppose, this acceptance piece and this acknowledgement piece. And once people feel accepted and they feel heard, that also brings back in that energy and that motivation to direct what is at the task at hand and, and the team that they've got around you because you do have that supportive team from an emotional component to be able to, to move on in, into the project, into the task. And and just during that, the leaders did report back that they had noticed such a huge difference um, within the motivation of the team.
1: Time together as a team is something at Fishback agrees is important. And recently, it's something that's been a bit difficult as many of us are working from home.
2: The presence of others is uh, maybe fortunately, maybe unfortunately, critical for motivation. And I say maybe unfortunately, because uh, this is a real problem uh, when people uh, work uh, remotely. Uh, We need other people first, because there are many goals that we pursue with other people. They are shared goals. We do it as a team. Okay, or as a workplace or, or as a family okay, for family uh, goals. And uh, when uh, the people that we are supposed to work with are not near us, coordination is much more difficult. Uh, we also and need people working to in the presence of others is easier because now other people are, are working and I can see them and that, that motivates me. This is where uh, role models uh, are influential. Uh, this is when uh, relationships are uh, at work, matter. Uh, and so other people need to be there and need uh, to support us. And this is actually now the, the big challenge of companies how to. Uh, design a system
1: of social support and of coordination uh, when many people work from home. Okay, so watch out for free riders, those who don't pull their weight when working in a group and make sure we all have specific contributions and coordinate those contributions. Who is doing what when? And depending on how much you progressed on a work project, you might feel full of motivation or totally depleted. Or progress increases motivation?
2: such that the more we make progress, the more likely we are to stick with the goal. Okay? Take a loyalty program, for example. Uh, if a consumer made just one purchase, we don't know if they're going to stick to the program. After they made several purchases, we know that they are probably going to stick with the program. When they are just like one purchase away from getting a reward, we are pretty sure that they are going to make that at last purchase. Same for dropping out college, more students drop out college in their first or second year than after that. The more progress we make, the more confident uh, we are and the more people develop commitment to uh, what they're doing. In a way, we we learn about our commitment. We learn about what we want to do by looking at our actions and and say, well, uh, you did this. I guess this is important for you. I guess this is something that you value and... So looking back is a way to really reaffirm your, your commitment, uh, feeling good about what uh, you do. Uh, let me mention maybe a study that we ran in Seoul uh, a few years back in an advertising agency where we asked half of the employees to reflect back on what they've already achieved that year, and we asked the other half to reflect on what they still need to achieve. Those who reflected on the progress that they have made liked the role more, okay? They were happier with their current job. They wanted to to stick to it and and continue doing it. Uh, Whereas uh, those who we uh, had them think about what they haven't yet accomplished, their mind was already going to, to what they will do next. They were already thinking about their next role. They were less enthusiastic about doing the work as much as thinking about what they will do next after they are done with it.
1: Is the implication then that we shouldn't be thinking about the next step or the next promotion or anything to do with where our future lies in terms of our careers then?
2: We should. Okay? We, we should know where we are going. Uh, if we don't mark a target, if we don't have a call, uh, we are uh, usually uh, uh, you know, just going in circles. Okay? We are kind of lost. Uh, so we, we should make progress. We should feel that there is something to aspire to, that there is a goal, uh, but we can monitor that progress by looking at what we have achieved so far, Okay, by looking at that last half full. So it, it, it's not that we monitor progress any less when we look at what we have accomplished versus what we have yet to accomplish. It's just a different way of counting progress. Let me also and that i'm not saying that we should always look back i'm saying that we should look back if we doubt our commitment if we are not sure that uh, uh, that, that we can do it that it's possible for us uh, people who are uh, highly committed people who already completed half of the goal uh, experts uh, actually benefit from monitoring their progress in terms of what's left, in terms of how far they are from uh, where they want to be and uh, directing
1: their attention to, to that part of, uh, of the goal is better. Well, this takes us to the middle section. So we're excited at the start, but the middle is hard. How can we stay on track during this middle slump period, as you put it? Oh, gosh, middles are hard. Okay? Yeah. Uh, middles are uh, very
2: hard to maintain uh, motivation, uh, both to, um, to do it and also to do it right. Okay? So in the middle, we lose our enthusiasm about wanting to, to invest our efforts to complete the project or you know, to, to complete whatever it is that we are working on. Uh, middles are difficult. Um, the solution is often to keep middles short. Uh, you know, have a, a monthly or a weekly goal, not an annual goal because right. an
1: annual goal has really long middle. And another great tip is to regularly make a fresh start. And that doesn't mean restarting your goal, but rather making micro goals so you have a new beginning to help you stay motivated.
2: Call it a Monday or the beginning of the year or uh, whatever. Uh, it doesn't need to be the actual beginning of the goal. It can be some external cue that you use to say, okay, well, let's call it a new start and it's no longer
1: the middle. So make a fresh start regularly so you get that new year, new week, new energy flowing. And at the end of the day, Ayelet says, we can change our motivation levels, but she says we need to start by looking at where we are now and what needs to happen.
2: What's missing for me uh, right now, acknowledging burnout, burnout. uh, this is a big emotion at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: people feel that uh, uh, they they ran out of resources. Okay, at the beginning of the pandemic, like the first spring, we were all working super hard. We uh, were preparing to just uh, uh, do it for a little bit, and 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 everything will be uh, fine. And uh, and now it has been a while, and you see that people got tired. So acknowledging that is uh, is really an important part of starting to think, how am I going to change things for myself? And you mentioned talking to other people about how I feel, but there was also the exercise of just talking to yourself. And, you know, we we often talk about expressive writing as a way to uh, understand how you feel, understand what is uh, hard for you, what to do about it. Uh, We uh, recently published a, a study in which we asked people to Engage in expressive writing and actually engage in expressive writing with the, the goal to feel uncomfortable. Okay, with the objective of feeling uncomfortable for a little bit, so that you can really dig into your discomfort. Uh, and as a result of this exercise, people felt better and also told us that they are interested in, in doing it again in, in checking their bad emotions for themselves, so they can think about how to deal with it and where to go next.
1: Ayelet, what would your message be to people who might be struggling with motivation right now?
2: I would say that the solution is probably already in you and maybe the way to bring it out is to ask yourself, what advice would you give someone who's struggling with the same issues as as yourself? You should probably change something about your situation But is it about how you you define your goals, how you monitor progress? Is it about the other goals that you have in your life, the juggling of goals? Is it about lack of social support? You probably know. And if you do the exercise of analyzing your situation and thinking about the advice that you would give to someone, you might find the, the solution there.
1: Thanks to my guests, Professor Ayelet Fishback from the University of Chicago and Dr. Natalie Flatt from Connect Psych Services. Now your motivation is sorted, how about your regrets?
0: The only people without regrets are five-year-olds, people with brain damage, and sociopaths, the rest of us have regrets. They are part of our cognitive machinery. They're part of how our brains and minds work. And the reason for that is that regrets are useful. Uh, they teach us, they instruct us, they clarify the path forward.
1: That's New York Times best-selling author Daniel Pink, talking all about regret why we're getting it all wrong and how we can actually use it to improve our lives and careers.
0: You know, all of these regrets are giving organisations signals about how to make work uh, worthwhile.
1: That's next time on This Working Life. Catch you then. You won't regret it. Thanks to producer Zoe Ferguson, who assures me that she doesn't regret saying yes to working with me. I'm Lisa Leong. And until next time, keep working.